Welcome to the Spiritually Minded Women podcast. If you're a woman who is ready and willing to be a follower of Jesus, you're in the right place. Join me as we dive in deep to learn how to embrace your journey on the covenant path with checkpoints instead of checklists. I'm your host, Darla Trindler, and I'm cheering you on. Welcome to your journey. Welcome to the Spiritually Minded Women podcast. This is Darla. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I have a great interview for you. I want to share with you uh, my brand new friend, Trish. We have just met and I'm so excited to have her here. So Trish, will you just introduce yourself? Tell me a little bit more about you. Yeah. So I'm Trish and I'm a mom to six kids and I have two son-in-laws and two little grandbabies. And I've been married for a long time for 28 years. And yeah, for most of my life, I've, I've always been a stay-at-home mom, but that was not my full-time job. My full-time job my whole life has been to try to shrink my body. And that's what we're going to chat about today is how I was able to end that and stop that business. Okay. I'm really glad that when you applied to be on the podcast that we're that you wanted to talk about this because you told me before that it's been 30, you spent 30 years of your life dieting. And like you said, that was your job trying to shrink your body. And I know that part of your story is having a turning point where you turned to God to let him help you. And now you're helping other women. And so I really am excited to dive into this and hear more um, about this part of your journey on the covenant path, which is what we're talking about this whole season on the podcast. So let's just start off. Just tell me about those 30 years. Like how did it get, how did you start with trying to diet and, and change your body? And what did those 30 years look like for you? I grew up in a home with a lot of sisters and my sisters looked very, they looked different than I did. And now when I look back at it, we didn't look that different, but in my brain at the time, mm-hmm. I looked very, I was bigger than that. And I thought my brain decided this was a problem. And so I remember being the first time I, the first diet I remember being on was I was probably in seventh grade. And I remember being at school and I decided that I was just going to eat only certain things. And like one of them was like wheat thins. It was like things that didn't even make sense. But in my mind, this is something I was going to do. And I remember just not feeding myself. And in that seventh grade, I remember being in seventh grade in a science class and like passing out at my table, but people didn't know. They just thought I was asleep. But that was my, if I remember my first time I started dieting, it was seventh grade. But I remember being at Disneyland with my family when I was 11 and we were, we stayed at a hotel with a pool while we were there. And remember that like for us, Disneyland, this was the biggest deal we've ever been on. And while I was there and I'm 11 years old, I remember not wanting to go down the slide at Disneyland or not at Disneyland, but at the hotel swimming pool. I didn't want to go down the slide without a tube around my waist because I thought somebody would see my tummy. And so I was cautious at it at 11, went on my first diet, probably when I was 13 or 14. And then I just dieted ever since. And so I probably have dieted longer than 30 years, to be honest, if I'm doing the math. Yeah. But I just always thought I was broken. And then, of course, when you go on diets, you gain weight. So I was like this self-fulfilling prophecy, like what I didn't want, I started creating. So after having six kids, I was very overweight and I had dieted a lot. And I was not the dieter that was like cheating. I was like the dieter who was like really doing it. Like my friends and I would go on diets together. 
they would all cheat and lose weight. And I'm like over here not cheating and I'm not losing weight. And it was always just like this thing that I couldn't solve. And so after I had my sixth son, my sixth child, I have four girls and then I had two boys. And when, after I had my number six, I was probably 235 pounds in there. So I was pretty overweight. And that number doesn't really mean anything, to be honest. So I was at a weight I wasn't happy with. And that's when I found my diet that led me down the path of disordered eating. And so I found that I found this diet that if I would eat 500 calories a day, I would take a hormone and it worked. Like I, this finally I could shrink my body and I lost 75 pounds and I literally thought God had given me the Holy grail, even though I never prayed about it or anything like that. I just thought, Oh my gosh, this is the answer. So that was in 2010. I'd started doing that. And I did that diet for eight years. Cause this is the trick. This is the tricky part. I was. So you're it. telling me you lived on 500 calories a day for that many years. What you do is there's like a way you do it. So like you do okay. it for three weeks and then you come off it for three weeks and then you go back on and you do that to lose your weight. But what happens is Whenever you go back to normal eating, all your weight's going to come back. And that was terrifying to me. I just was not willing to do that. So I just kept cycling the diet. Like the diet that you're only supposed to do like one or two times. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. like I'm like doing it for eight years. And yeah, so I did. And I did not see that as disordered eating at all. I just thought this is my body and this is what I have to do to maintain. And I wasn't even like maintaining to be like a super small person. I was maintaining to be like. I was up to be a size 12. Like I was just maintaining to be that girl, but I was okay with that, but that's what it required. And then in 2018 is when things changed for me. Okay. Before we get to that part, I want to know, like, how was this affecting the rest of your life? Cause this is only one part of your life. How was it affecting your motherhood, your spirituality, your friendships, your marriage, well, all affects, of those things? Affects, yeah. It affects everything. Luckily my husband was overweight too. And he did it with me. So we were just like, disordered eating together. Okay. <laughs> and he, like, I want to say around 2016, he said, I'm not doing it anymore. And he gained most of his weight back. And, and he had lost like 80 pounds. Like we had lost a lot of weight. And, it, and I had felt like this was like, like, I was so proud of myself. This was like the hardest thing I'd ever done. And I did it. And it was the thing I'd been seeking for my whole life. And I did it. And, but I had to just keep being in this crazy place to keep doing it. And so that meant that I couldn't like, if I like my friends were really used to me, like, oh, Trisha's on, we would call it on drops because it was drops I'd take under my tongue was the hormone. So they'd say, oh, Trisha's on drops. So they knew that I couldn't go to, out to lunch or we were, I wasn't going to want to go to the party or like I had to navigate my world, not eating like everyone else. And so in a really crazy way, though. <laughs> Because I think you can eat really healthy and still navigate the world. But I wasn't even doing I I because when you do this diet, you only eat a piece of meat and you measure it out and you eat a simple, like a piece of fruit and a and a vegetable, and you eat that twice a day. So it wasn't even like I was like counting calories. I was just eating like it was just all disordered. So it was, and so this is how I would feed my kids. I didn't want to cook fancy meals. So my kids for those eight years were eating like mac and cheese every night because I wasn't going to like healthy, nutritious food and then 
get all excited about this meal that I wasn't going to eat. So they would go through feasts and famines all the time. So we would like, because what, what would happen is before you start this crazy diet, it's called loading and you eat high fat foods for two days. So for two days, my whole family would live high on the hog. We would go to restaurants. My kids would know, oh, mom's loading. And it's just <laughs> such a hot mess. And I know yeah. that some of your listeners are like trying to figure out what's this diet because she lost weight. I know y'all are doing that. <laughs> And I'm just letting you know, it's not, yeah, you'll lose weight, but there's so many consequences and we can talk about that too later. But this was a, this was like every facet of your life. It was affecting your family, affecting your kids, your husband, your friendships, everything. So what was the turning point for you? Cause you did this for a long time. How, how did you come out of that and what changed your mindset and helped you do something different? So I figured out I didn't want to do it anymore. And I've only ever known how to diet. So I went from, I stopped doing it for about seven months. And instead of just not doing anything, I started to do keto. I had friends who were doing keto and I'm like, I'll just do that. So I did you stop because you figured out, okay, this is disordered eating or was it just, you wanted to try something different? I stopped because I just wanted to eat. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, eventually I stopped for real. So this is like, this is the slow pause before the real stop. Okay. Okay. So I start doing keto and I do that for a while. And that's like high fat, low carb kind of thing. And I'm doing that. And then I go back to drops again, because like when you lose weight, it's, I wouldn't lose on keto. So I wanted to lose weight. It's like an addiction. I wanted to be able to lose. So I went back to my drops after that. I remember being in the bathroom. I literally remember the moment. And I don't know if it was spirit, the spirit talking to me. I don't know. But I just know that I knew I couldn't do it anymore. And I literally knew that I wasn't going to do another diet either. I was just done. And I, but it was terrifying to me. And I just said, Heavenly Father, I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to diet. I'm not going to do this diet. And I'm not jumping to another diet. And I'm going to wait for you. You're going to have to show me the way because I don't know how, I don't know how to do this. And I was terrified because I thought I'm going to gain all my weight back. But I just thought, I don't know what else to do. I'm going to have to do something like this is it. So I just stepped out in faith and I just was like, okay. And I immediately gained 25 pounds. Well, of course I did. My body was like malnourished. So I immediately gained some weight. And that was terrifying to me, but going back on the diet was just as terrifying. So I just lived Mm -hmm. with that. And then it took about four months and then I started getting answers. Yeah. So what did that look like? So you have a point where you turn to God and you say, I can't do this anymore. I want to do something different. I want to change. You gain the weight. Then what does that look like? How, How did you start receiving those answers of what you needed to do next? So... I went to my son-in-law's graduation. He was graduating from BYU-Idaho. And while we were there, he had family that had come that actually lived there too. And we got to go visit with them and meet them. And she is a doctor. And when I was there and I was talking, some reason I was chatting with her. The spirit kind of said to me, you should tell her about your stuff. Because I had lots of weird medical things that I wasn't 
I kind of just felt like I've always felt a little broken. And here I am, I'm gaining weight really fast. Like most of your listeners couldn't gain 25 pounds in four months if they tried. I had really messed up my hypothalamus gland doing this diet. Like I had, I was a little bit broken, but I didn't know how to get help. So I meet this doctor and she says, I would love to just, and I told her kind of the things that were, I felt wrong with me. And she said, I'd love to just run a full panel on you. She says, come into my office. When do you go home? Because I live in Texas and this is in Idaho. And I said, well, I'm not going to, I'll be here a few days. She's coming to my office. So she came in and she ran a ton of tests. And in those tests, she found that my thyroid was a little bit off. So she's like, we're going to get that fixed. And then she said, and you are severely insulin resistant. She had done a three hour fasting glucose test on me. And I was like, oh, and I hadn't heard that term before. I knew about diabetes and type mm-hmm. diabetes, but I'd never heard of insulin resistance. And I was like, okay, so what do I do about that? And now you have to remember, I feel like God's directing has directed me to her. So I'm hanging on every word she says at this point. Cause I'm like, she is going to be, she's going to save me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the word I was thinking, like savior, like she's going to, yeah, she's going to save, save you. Mm-hmm. So she does the most peculiar thing though. She says to me, here is metformin. I want you to take this every day and I want you to exercise. And she says, and you need to eat a low carb diet. And I said, oh, I said, well, I've done keto before like that. Is that what? And she's like, that'd be great. Yes. Go home and do keto. So I go home and I'm like, keto? That was the answer all along? Like, I just really, I'm like, okay. Cause I really feel like God knows I've waited on him. I've gained the weight. I'm weight. And so I come home and I'm like listening. All right. What I do when I start a diet is I like go on YouTube and I learn all about it. And I learn, I let it get in my brain really good. So I'm like in the mood to do it. So I like go start listening to all my keto videos and looking at watching people make recipes. And I'm only home for two days from this trip and I'm doing this. And oh, and before I left, my dad asked if he could give me a blessing. And it's sweet because my dad's no longer with us. That was the last blessing he ever gave me. Mm. And he said in the blessing, he blessed me that I would find the answers I needed to deal with my insulin resistance. And that was part of that trip. So I come home, I've had this blessing. I'm thinking I'm supposed to eat keto, but you have to know when I ate keto, I'd be like cooking my bacon in the morning. And I literally would think, I swear this isn't lining up with the word of wisdom. That would be in my head, but I'm like, I can't really eat what the word of wisdom says. I would be 400 pounds. So I would just block that. Mm -hmm. So the fact that keto is God's answer is a little weird to me because I had already had some of those thoughts, but I come home, I start getting on. The reason I'm telling you I got on YouTube is because I get on YouTube and I lay down and I'm just watching one of the videos about it and I fall asleep. And when I wake up from my nap, if you know how YouTube works, it just keeps looping. And when I wake up, I hear this man talking and he's talking about how if you eat a whole food, a diet based on whole foods that are plant-based, that will heal your insulin resistance. And I'm listening to him. I'm like, what is he talking about? And I just, so I listen. And so I listen to the whole thing. And then I'm just completely confused now because this is not what my doctor was telling me. But he's telling you, you can literally reverse. He's using the term reverse. She never said that. She just gave me metformin. 
and was basically told me I'd be on it my whole life. She's, he says, you can reverse your insulin resistance through eating a whole food plant-based diet. And I'm like, what does that mean? So I started looking into that and I started finding plant-based doctors. And I'm thinking, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. This feels like, it feels like I'm on a path. I feel like mm-hmm. I was supposed to fall asleep and wake up to this video. So you're, are you feeling at this point, okay, this is the way God's guiding me to go. Well, it feels terrifying. Like I want, mm-hmm. so I'll tell you when it feels like the moment. I get online, I'm in Texas and I look up plant-based doctors and like diabetes because insulin resistance is like what happens to you before you get type two diabetes. Like it's like the pre-diabetes. Okay. And so I basically look up a doctor that deals with diabetes and he says he's plant-based. I get in the car and I drive two hours because I'm thinking, I don't know how to do this myself. I need help. I get there and he basically says, oh, I'm not plant-based. And I said, oh, okay. But I felt very directed to go to him. And he says, I'm not plant-based, but I know enough about eating plant-based that you can throw that metformin away and not take it anymore if you'll just eat whole foods. If you'll just eat real food the way God grew them, you will, that will take care of that. I do know that. And I was like, okay, but this is the thing. So I'm driving home from this two hour appointment that I'm, the guy is helpful and I'm driving home and the words to my patriarchal blessing come to my mind. In my patriarchal blessing, it says one line, live the word of wisdom. And I always thought that was weird because I've never done anything like drink or smoke or the things, you know, that that come to mind when you think of the word of wisdom. So I, but that comes to mind. And then I start, and basically the foods he's telling me to eat at that appointment are the foods that are at home in my food storage. Oats, rice, whole wheat. Like he's telling me all these things, all the foods in my low carb life that I thought would make me fat. He's telling me, no, you need to eat those things. And fruits and vegetables and whole grains and rice and beans and all the things. He's telling me these things. And I'm just like, oh. So then it comes to me on the way home on the drive. And I almost have to pull over because I break down. And God's like letting me know, Trish, you've had the answer all along. That line's been in your patriarchal blessing your whole life. I just didn't know. I didn't know what it meant to live the word of wisdom. I think there's a way to obey the word of wisdom, which we all do pretty well. And then there's a way to live the word of wisdom. And so I went home and I really studied it. And I found that it really aligned with what I was, they were telling me. And so I felt this shift, like all of a sudden eating became my testimony. I just knew what I needed to eat. And it was terrifying. But it was beautiful at the same time, because when you mm-hmm. eat real food, your body cooperates. And I lost those 25 pounds. But I have to say, after I lost those 25 pounds, that's when the real work began. Because remember, when I lost 25 pounds, I'm still a size 12. And that's still the world does not think that like that's sometimes people's before pictures. And when I was in my size 22 body, if God would have came to me and said, I'm going to let you be a size 12, I said, okay, how are we going to do that? Let's do this right now. Answer to prayer. But what happens is when you get there, when you get there, all of a sudden, that's not good enough. And that's when my real work began. Eating was just over here. God took care of it. I eat plants. It's pretty simple. I get to eat a lot of plants. I get to eat in abundance. The size of my body, I've learned, is something that I have to leave to God. That it's not in our control like we think it is. 
or like the world teaches it to us that it is. Mm -hmm. And just, I can't decide. I just, when little, when we're little, there's certain things we know we can't change about ourselves. But for some reason, as young girls, we do think that we can change our bodies. And God really started peeling back diet culture for me and started to show me all of the little things that I didn't know before. Things like, you can trust your body. You can trust your hunger. You can, you do not have to manipulate this beautiful body that he gave us. And that is still a work in progress for me because we all, the way I talk about it on my podcast is we all swim in this diet culture. We all swim in it and it's a cesspool. And we all think it's normal. We all think it's normal to think that our body's wrong, think that it should behave, think it should be smaller. We shouldn't trust it. We should tell you when to eat, what to eat, at what time to eat. And we all think this is normal. And what I found the Savior did for me is he allowed me to come up for air. It was literally coming up for air for me that I could come out of diet culture and take a breath and see that none of this, which I believe Satan creates, he doesn't have a body. Mm-hmm. And he sure does not want you to be happy about yours. And for some women, it's his greatest play with it. As women, it's his greatest play with us. Let's just keep you discouraged. If you can be discouraged about this one thing, and this is the one thing in your life you can't solve and you have to always be working on, that's such a good distraction for you. That's perfect. And that's the work I do today. Women who are like me, who have always dieted, who never thought that they could love their body, that the only way they can love their body is if it's a smaller body. But those are the women that come to me and I help them. And I have some tools that God showed me that I teach them that really help me as I progressed. And, but yeah, it's, that that's my story. I really love this. I, I keep the words that keep going to my mind as you're telling your story is love your body. It's a gift from God. It's yeah. what he has given us. And the size of it doesn't matter, but how we take care of it might matter because it houses our spirit and all of that. So what do you, what do you say? Cause you've been, it sounds like I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like you've been in that state where you loathed your body. You didn't, didn't value your body. And it, now it sounds like you've come to that point where you do love your body and have gratitude for it. So what do you, what would you say to someone who is in that state that you were in previously? of not loving their body, what would you say to them? How would you help them? Um, that's a really loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> I know but, that's a, that's a I lot. Really awesome place to start is understanding our infinite worth because so often, especially chronic dieters, because I feel like there's three kinds of women in the world. I feel like there's the woman who feels like she somewhat has control over this. She feels like if I do A, B, and C, That kind of helps me manage my weight, and I got this. And then there's the woman over here, like I call them number one, two, and three on podcasts. So number one feels like she's got some control over it. And size doesn't matter in any of these numbers. It's just what the woman thinks. And then over here, I feel like there's a woman that my number threes are like women who diet culture hasn't really bothered them. They're really okay with themselves. They don't think they have to manipulate or manage or have little rules for themselves. They're just, and there's a few, but those women do exist. And then there's the twos and the twos are like me. The twos are like, Hey, I've cared about this. I've really wanted to take care of this, but it just seems like it's a hamster wheel. It feels like I can't fix it. It's like the Rubik's cube. You can't fix. I've just been trying my whole life and maybe I can fix it for a small time, but whatever that required, I can't do forever. And so 
I feel like that number two, she, th I think what happens is she thinks that when she finally figures it out, that's when her worth will show up. And that's just not how it works. Yeah. The it worth happens. is already there. It's already there and it's intact yeah. and you can't add to it. You can't subtract from it. It's just, it's intact. And so when we really have an understanding of infinite worth, and I don't know that in the church, we always really get it as women. I think mm -hmm. we think we can earn it. And when you really understand that, and God really showed this to me. And when I had the moment of, oh, that is, I think that if I'm in a smaller body, I am more worthy. Yeah. And it's a lie. It's Satan's lie. It's just mm -hmm. a lie. Yeah. I, that's exactly what I was thinking when you were saying that, like Satan has, doesn't have a body, so he's going to teach us to not appreciate our body. And, and that's a lie that he tells us that your body is only you as a person, as a spirit child of heavenly parents are only of worth. If your body looks this way, whatever that is, and it might be different in different cultures or different for every woman and what they think that's a trap of Satan. Yeah. But but the Savior says to us, you're of infinite worth. I love you no matter what. So I guess I'm refining my question here because I'm thinking this through a little more. What if there's a woman who wants to get to that point where she can say, I am of infinite worth. I love my body for what it is, no matter what size it is. It sounds like that's what you're saying. Know your worth first. Yeah. But it's just really the first step. Right. There's the power that we have that we don't realize we have is understanding that our body is a gift and gratitude plays a big part of this. Gratitude is something I work with the women yeah. that work with me because we, the world just values bodies, the outward part. So that's what we tend to value. And our bodies are like amazing. Like while we're sitting here talking, you and I, our bodies are like pumping, like all the blood it needs. Our kidneys are working like our eyes. And we don't even have to really, we don't have to think about it. They, it just does it. Anyone who's grown a baby knows this. I'm growing this baby and I don't, it should be my full-time job, but I don't even really have to give it any thought. Bodies yeah. are awesome, but we don't even care about that because we're just like, what does our body look like? That's the most important part. And if it doesn't look like the ideal, which the ideal is so ridiculous because A, it's not attainable. But B, it's like even the women who are the ideal are not happy because Satan doesn't have any respecter of persons or bodies. He will play with those, your thoughts as well. I learned that when I was a young mom. I'm a, I was a bigger young mom and I would go to the pool anyway with my kids. And one time I invited my very Barbie looking friend to come with me. And she said to me, oh, no, no, I don't go to the pool. I said, Why? If anybody should be going to the pool, you should be going to the pool. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. And yeah. she just said, oh, no, I don't have a chest. And if I go to the pool, people will know. And that is a moment. That is one of the times God pinged me and said, Trisha, this is not just about body size. Satan yeah. is not a respecter of persons. And I have to say this to all the moms listening. And he's not a respecter of age. How you feel about your body's mom, moms out there. Your daughters, you're, they're going to mirror you. So this is work worth doing if this is where your challenge is. Because your daughters are waiting for permission to love who they are from their mom. And the way you feel about your body, it's generational. It's, they pass it right down. 
if your mom dieted, you probably think that's how what I what I have to do too. Yeah, so, so true. I think that is so important, and I think so many women can relate to what what your journey has been in one way or another. Maybe not as extreme or whatever, but I think so many women can relate to wanting to change their body wanting to do something different. And that's a part of many women's journey. So I love that you're sharing your experience and that you're talking about starting with gratitude, knowing your worth is infinite and it doesn't change according to your body. So I really love that message. And I know that you're sharing that is going to give someone else hope that they can have that too. And this doesn't have to be, we don't have to have a size two or whatever the world tells us to have worth. We are of worth and we can appreciate our bodies. So I think that is so important that you're sharing that. So thank you so much. I do have one final question that I want to ask you. And that is, how have you seen and felt the savior in your journey on the covenant path? For me in this process, you have to know that even though I have tools that I use to make it so that I can love the space I take up in the world, even though I have that, Satan still also has his, he still messes with me. Mm-hmm. And I very much feel like there's two paths in this area. And I very much know when I'm on the wrong path and the wrong path normally looks like I need to fix my body to love it. Cause that sometimes still shows up for me. That's uh, being a human. And then I know, oh, I need to change it. And literally I feel, I, I visualize myself changing paths and point towards the savior. The awesome part about the savior is that he, he's got this, he knows Satan and what he's up to. And if we can just turn to him and if you want to be healthy, he's absolutely shown us, given us a health code. We go to all kinds of people. We ask our friend at the gym. We ask the guy at the gym. We ask doctors. But do we ask the creator of our bodies how to be healthy? That's been a huge part of my covenant path is just really having faith in him because the nutrition world is noisy. It is hard to know. Yeah. You hear one thing and then you hear the complete opposite thing. And how do you know what's right for you? Yeah. The creator of our bodies and ask him. Perfect. Yes. That's so true. So that's been for me relying on him that my body is exactly the way it's supposed to be. My body is wise and I'm taking care of it. And then relying on him that A, he's in charge of the size of it, but B, that I'm doing all I can and that I am worthy. Like he reminds us of that. It's his role to show us and to allow you to feel whole when the world's tells you that you're not. And I love him as the image of if I'm on the right path, does it point to him and loathing yourself and not loving who you are is not, is it's not a path that leads to him. It just doesn't. And so if that's the path around, I visually like literally visually change the path yeah. and point to him and he'll help you. That's the beautiful part. When he says, come unto me and I'll make you whole and I'll heal you. It goes in this area of our lives too. Yeah. I love that. Sometimes we just think of it in a spiritual sense, but it's also in a physical sense. And I love that you're pointing out that he is the creator of our body. So let's go to him for guidance. He gives us all these other tools, but he can be the one to help us. So thank you so much for sharing that message. And Trish, if people want to know more about you and what you're sharing and where can they go? 
how can they find out more about you? I'm on Instagram and I'm just, it's wisdom with Trish. That's the name of my podcast. So it's wisdom with Trish on Instagram. It's wisdom with Trish on Facebook. I have a free Facebook group that you can come over and it's a diet culture free place to be that where we just focus on eating plants and trying to um, be healthy. So I have that. And then I'm on Instagram and then my podcast is called wisdom with Trish. Yes. I love, I love that you're sharing that and we will link all of that up in the show notes so people can go and find you and learn more, but thank you so much for taking the time to come and share part of your journey on the covenant path. Thanks Darla. Thanks for having me. And now here are this week's journal questions. Trish shared how understanding her infinite worth was the first step to helping her let go of dieting and learn to truly love her body. How do you view your worth in relation to the size of your body? How can you truly embrace that your worth is infinite and does not change with the size of your body? Your body is amazing. Trish talked about the power of gratitude. How can you show gratitude for your body? Think about what your body allows you to do in your journey. Write down the things that you are grateful for. Trish discussed that when she feels pulled towards Satan's path of loathing her body, she visualizes herself changing paths and pointing herself towards the Savior. How can you rely on Jesus to help you love your body? I hope you enjoyed the podcast, and if you did, please share it with a friend. I would love it if you would leave a review and rate it on Apple Podcasts. This actually helps more women find the podcast and embrace their own journey on the covenant path. To find more ways to be a part of the Spiritually Minded Women community, head over to spirituallymindedwomen.com. For more inspiration, follow along on Instagram at spirituallymindedwomen. Have an amazing day. I'm cheering you on in your journey.